What's going on, everybody? You're watching another episode of MNN Sports Talk Podcast. I'm Mark Morales, alongside Nick Rivera. And before we get started, don't forget to follow us on all types of social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. Oh don't forget God. to subscribe to our new YouTube channel. This video will be uploaded. Throw us a like and please subscribe. Whoa. And follow us on all social media. You could search us on Twitter and Instagram at MNN Sports Talk Pod. And just type in MNN Sports Talk Podcast on Facebook and give us a like. So, Nick, we're going to talk some Yankees baseball. But before we get into really? that, how, how are you feeling? Oh yeah. How am I feeling? Well, a lot of behind-the-scenes difficulties. This podcast, whoo, a lot of work went into finally getting, being able to get video. This is crazy. 2020, we have video now. This is wild stuff. I know. And uh, it's a little insight on what's been going on behind the scenes here between Nick and I. So mm -hmm. it's right now, it's currently about about 735 ish here on the East Coast in, in New York. And we've been trying to do this podcast since about 530. And we were mm. running in all types of difficulties. So Nick's computer wasn't working, then his camera wasn't working on his computer, every slight movement, the camera went out. And then finally, it happened again. <laughs> I yeah, will. Maybe. And then finally, Nick decided, you know what, I'm just going to use my phone. As soon as we start recording on his phone, his, his phone dies. Mm. So after about two hours of trying to figure it out, we are here, we are back, and we are better than ever. I'm hyped. <laughs> nothing can stop us. Corona, technical difficulties, nothing. Nothing. We're going to power through. <laughs> so ready. let's dive in now with some Yankees talk. So Obviously, the Yankees baseball season, the MLB season, is officially underway. Um, summer camp started July 1st, and the Yankees and baseball teams across the country have been just getting ready, just kind of playing some simulated baseball games. Um, the Yankees are on onto their second simulated game tonight. Um, Garrett Cole's on the mound for the first time in a in a you know in a game wearing a Yankee uniform on the on the mound in the Bronx, and you know so far, I mean the Yankees. Pitching has been has been looking great. There's only been two games so far. Um, Clark Schmidt pitched phenomenal um, in his outing the other night against the Yankees, and he went up against the Yankees. You know, pretty much the whole starting lineup, and he was just striking out batters left and right. His pitches had a whole lot of movement on them. He looked, you know, like he was a future ace potentially. I mean, I know he's very young. He's a number two Yankees prospect in the minor system, and he has a chance to make some noise and be a, a big contributor for the Yankees in the shortened 60 game season. So far, Garrett Cole has looked pretty good. I mean, he gave up a home run to Miguel and Duhar in the first inning an opposite field home run. Um, but you know, it's, it's a simulated game. So who cares, but um, baseball is back and opening day for the Yankees is going to be July 23rd against the defending champion, Washington nationals, Nick Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer. And that should be a great matchup. I know it's going to be, it's going to be pretty intense. It's wild to see that baseball is, is finally coming back. It's kind of weird in the aspect that it's going to be this shortened season. It's 60 games that are playing this. I feel like they're playing four different teams. They're playing the AL East and like the Mets. And it's like, all right, there you go. And it's yeah. just going to be a strange environment. I feel like teams that aren't, going to make the playoffs they're going to be there i feel like the most random teams teams that don't belong there it's just going to be a wild ride i'm all for it but it's 
I, I just want to see this play out. And I, I already know what the Yankees are going to do. They're going to do their usual thing, and they're not going to – they're just going to quack, and the <laughs> Orioles are going to make the World Series. Um, I already know what's going to happen. I can see the future. Yeah, it's going to be such something weird this year. It's going to be like Orioles-Marlins World Series. But, um, but yeah, so the, the Yankees, you know, it is a 60-game season, and they were supposed to play at the Field of Dreams – stadium this year but of course that got bumped out because the Yankees were supposed to play the White Sox and now with the 60 game season they are only playing um, against the AL East teams and NL East teams so for a quick breakdown they're going to be playing 40 games against the AL East and only 20 games against the NL East and the season is going to be from September uh, from July 23rd to September 27th and then you're going to have the you know like the regular playoffs wild card you know a couple rounds in the World Series so everything's going to remain the same once the playoffs begin but yeah Nick so like you know I'm looking at this schedule right now and like it's it's pretty crazy so like I said the season starts July 23rd they play the Nationals in Washington then they have an off day and then they play all these games in a row, their next day off is not until August 10th. And, you know, in a 60 game season, they only have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They only have 10 days off in a 60 game season. And, you know, their first day off is after the first game of the season. So technically they really only have nine days off throughout the entire season after game one. So it's going to be a big test for this Yankees. We know last year health was a, was a big issue. Um, and you know, the biggest thing, you know, going back to what you said, you know, anyone can really make the playoffs this year, you know, any it's, it's anyone's ball game, you know, they're only going to play 60 games. So you might have teams that didn't have a shot at making the playoffs, make the playoffs. You know, we could potentially have, like I said, an Orioles Marlins world series, who knows, you know, something crazy might happen. Um, you know, there's a lot of players opting out due to COVID. So Mike Trout still doesn't know what he's doing, but you know, someone like Mike Trout, someone, a team like the angels who, you know, have these stars in Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, you know, they might be able to sneak into the playoffs here in a 60 game season, you know, when they, when they normally might not, you know, they also have Anthony Rendon. So, you know, like it's going to be crazy. Yeah. I could already, I could already see it now. You have the Dodgers, they dominate their division. I'm ready for them to go undefeated. 60 and 0. <laughs> like I I'm I'm kind of anxious cuz I want to see the Yankees they're they're going to they're going to explode. I already know the, the every pitcher's arm is going to explode. Uh we're going to have Tanaka catching more baseballs off his forehead. We're going <laughs> to <laughs> everyone's just going to be made of glass and now is like the perfect weather. The perfect not perfect weather. Perfect time for the Yankees to actually make noise, have 60 games. All you got to do is just not get hurt. Just stay healthy. All you got to do is hit the baseball. I know it's a crazy concept to ask the uh, the batters to hit the ball, especially come playoff time. They like to do a lot of stuff in regular season. <laughs> All you got to do is just hit the baseball. The pitchers, you just got to make sure that arm doesn't explode. And we're good. And we're so good. But I could already see it now. The Yankees are going to go like – 20 and 40. I could already see it now. <laughs> I mean, if they, if they have the same type of season that they had last year, health wise, or everyone was going on the IL, it's, it's not going to be a pretty season. I don't think like depth helps you in 162 games, but in a 60 game season where you have all these teams, you know, starting at basically all tied for first place, heading on, moving on now. I mean, they basically played what 102 games. I mean, hypothetically, they would have been playing 102 games and have another 60 to go. So it basically jump into this. Everyone tied for first, and it's going to be like a wild chase. I mean, it's going to be great product. You're going to see a great product on the field across the board in all major league um, teams. But 
it's going to be wild. It's going to be like the wild, wild west once we get down to the playoff time, when we get to like mid to, mid to end September. And looking ahead at the schedule, Nick, you know, I, I think the hardest couple of weeks here for the Yankees is going to be that August schedule. And I know there's only two full months and like a week and a half of July of, of baseball. But looking at the August schedule, I mean, you start off playing Boston, um, finishing up the series that started in, you know, July 31st. And then you have three games against Baltimore, which, you know, the Yankees always dominated Baltimore. But then you play Tampa Bay in Tampa, four games against Tampa. You have four games total in the month of August against the Braves, four games against Boston in New York, three more games against Tampa at home. And then you play the Mets about six times, both home and away. And then you go into September playing Tampa Bay again at home. So it's going to be a tough stretch in August. And if the Yankees struggle heavily in August, I think that might be it for them. You know, it's, it's tough. They, after August, they're only going to have one more month of baseball. So August is going to be their make or break part of the, of the schedule. And I know people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, they only play two months. So any month is their make or break. But uh, September is looking pretty easy. I mean, you're playing Baltimore again, Toronto three times, Baltimore for four more games, then Toronto for another three games. And then you play Boston three times and Toronto for four and Miami for three to end the season. So, I mean, their September schedule is, is much more easy than August. So August might be their make or break for the season, Nick. Yeah, man, I'm just, I'm looking forward to see if we're going to have savages in the boxes here. That was just, <laughs> uh, that was a one-time thing. Yeah. And I feel like this, this will help us see if, um, I can't even think of his name. Oh my goodness. Manager, Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone. There we go. There we go. I'm like, there's too many Aaron's. <laughs> but uh Aaron Boone, man, I feel like this this sixty game setting, if he's able to hold the glue together, then then I'll buy him as a manager. For me, right now, he's still the kind of guy that I feel like you could throw you could throw a mitt there as a manager and we'd be in the same position. <laughs> kind of like the Steve Kerr for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, like I, I don't buy it, man. I don't know. I got to see, I want to see something. 60 game adversity right here. Show me something, Boone. Show yeah. Something. I mean, he did, he did manage well last year when they were, when they suffered what 30 different players going to IL for the Yankees. But no, I, I understand what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I mean, like I said earlier, depth helps you in 162 games, but in a 60 game season, you need your stars and you need your starting lineup healthy and all your arms healthy. And speaking of health, I mean, I know you mentioned it a little earlier with Tanaka. Um, I believe this is over the 4th of July weekend. Um, <laughs> the Yankees are doing live BP and I don't, don't ask me why there was no L screen. I'm pretty sure. I think I saw a tweet that Tanaka requested to not have an L screen when he was pitching. But I mean, when, when, the Yankees suffered the amount of injuries that they did last year when, when luck has not really been on their side, you know, two years in a row losing to cheaters last year, they, they, you know, obviously 30 different people, (laughs) 30 different people on the IL. You would think that health would be the number one concern. I mean, number one priority, excuse me. So if, if I'm a, if I'm the Yankee staff and Tanaka's telling me, I don't want to use an L screen, I'm saying, sorry, dude, tough luck. You're using an L screen. And what happens when he's throwing live BP against, you know, Giancarlo Stan, who hits one of the hardest baseballs in MLB, he hits, yes. he gets 112 mile per hour fastball to the dome. Yes. And, you know, luckily he was able to walk away from, from that scary incident. He laid on the ground a little bit. I mean, the video is scary. Anytime something like that happens, regardless of what team it is, regardless of what player it is, you could hate the player, hate the team. Whenever something like that happens, it's, it's very scary to watch, but luckily, I mean, he's in the concussion protocol so far. It's just, you know, concussion, a concussion type of injury. He's not, he didn't really, you know, it could have been a lot worse. He could have broken his face. He could have died. You know, that's a very scary situation. He could have died from it. 
But to just walk away from, from that type of injury or that type of play to only have, you know, a concussion, I think he was probably one of the luckiest people in the world. You know, not a lot of people walk away from that, let alone only get a concussion out of that. Yeah, knowing knowing the Yankees, I was surprised that exiting July 4th weekend, someone didn't JPP themselves. So <laughs> to walk out of it with only a forehead to the dome, I'll take it. I'm glad he's okay, but let's start using some screens. I know, and the most and the ironic thing is, too, that the next pitcher was Jordan Montgomery, and guess what was out there while he was throwing live, PP, live um, BP? I bet you had some brolic screen out there. Yeah, had a nice big L screen there. <laughs> the Yankees were taking no chances after that. And could you imagine if that was Garrett Cole? Like this, the whole world would have just like, like the whole Yankee uh, sort of exploded. I would have handed all of my Yankees merchandise and like, I'm good on this. No, <laughs> and, thank you. And the funniest part was too, is that it wasn't, you know, Aaron Judge who hit the ball. It wasn't Glaber Torres who hit the ball. It was Giancarlo Stanton who has been in the forefront of the, of Yankee hate for the past two and a half years. <laughs> the dude destiny. can't stay healthy. He gets a calf strain that he's still still dealing with. I just saw a tweet earlier today during the sim game that um, they took him out of the game because they didn't want him to run the base or something like that to like protect his calf, something along those lines. But like, come on, dude, it's been six months since you strained. You had a grade one calf strain. You can't round the bases. You can't play baseball in July. The season's about to start in two weeks. But like, it was Giancarlo Stanton that hit the ball that hit um, Tanaka. And you could see Stan just went straight down with his bat. He was in disbelief. He couldn't believe it. And I'm sure the comment sections, I know his, I'm sure his mentions on Twitter were blowing up with Yankee hate. I know I was joking around saying that this guy, Stan, has done more, has, has done, um, he's hurt the Yankees in more ways than one. That was like this thing I, w- I was telling my family and stuff that like, you know, Stan has hurt the Yankees because he can't stay on the field in the playoffs. Last year he played 18 games and now in, now he's hurting his own teammates by hitting line drives 112 miles per hour in his head. Obviously that he didn't do it on purpose. It wasn't his fault. It was a freak accident, but it's just this dude Stan can't catch a break, man. Stan's my hero, honestly. I, I strive to be like him in every aspect of my life. He's really <laughs> robbing the Yankees at how much do we still have him? Like 240? Something Some like insane. that. I'd be having for like another seven, eight years. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's going to be, he's gonna be a Yankee when I have like kids. <laughs> when will teams stop doing this? The same thing with Patrick Holmes. I can't wait till in like three, four years when he's, I'm, I'm hoping he's not going to be, but every time you give out these gigantic contracts, dudes start hauling down the Twinkies. Want to know why? Because <laughs> all that money's guaranteed. Patrick Holmes, what do you get? 500 mil. It's like 503 mil, but I, I know I'm pretty sure it's two more years under his rookie deal. So that money plus his new 10 year $450 million contract, I think adds up to 503 mil. Um, I think only 140 of it is guaranteed though, of his new deal of the new 450 million. I think only 140 <laughs> is guaranteed. I'm pretty sure there's no trade clauses in there. In all sports, when will they stop doing this? They just gave one to Bryce Harper. Uh, Manny uh, Machado just got Mike one. Trout stop got the 426 it. mil last year. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and now Mahomes is the richest athlete in North American sports. Hey, so, like the four major American sports. When there's three or four years left on that deal. I mean, he is also only 24, though. He's our age. You know, it's crazy. So, like, technically, like, if he was 34, I'd understand. Like, oh, that might be a horrible contract. But, I mean, he is only 24. Jeter got, like, the same type of contract with the Yankees 10-year deal back in the day when he was around the same age. So, I don't know, man. Um, look how that, I mean, how that worked if out. I'm the – if I'm the player, I'm loving it. But if I'm the team, I don't know. In very few instances does it ever work out. And yeah, I won't think it true. does for Pat Mahomes, but hey, man. <laughs> Ten years, that's a long time. 
This dude is 24 years old. Dude, he's our age, and he has $503 million coming, coming his way soon. Within the next, 10, next 12 years, he has a half billion dollars coming his way. And he I can got retire five after. In my wallet. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. We're both the same age, and we're both like, like picking up loose change on the ground. Yeah, five singles <laughs> and a Taco Bell coupon in my wallet. That's what I got. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so let's talk some more about this summer, this summer camp that the Yankees are doing now. Um, so they're playing the exhibition. I mean, excuse me, they're playing the inter-squad games. Um, and then at the end of July, right before the season starts, they have three exhibition games. So they have on July 18th, they, are, they travel to City Field, play the Mets. July 19th, the Mets come to the Bronx. And July 20th, the Phillies come to the Bronx. So they have three exhibition games to kind of, I guess, just, you know, see some live pitching other than their own arms. Um, my, my main thing here is uh, the offense. I want to see the offense hit. I don't want to see them, you know, ice cold go leading into the leading into the home opener. I know, I mean, excuse me, the season opener. Yeah. I mean, I know they haven't been playing any baseball for like three, four months. And I know it's very weird for everybody, but the Yankees need to get off to a good start to start the season. There's only 60 games. We just were talking about how August is going to be a tough schedule for them. They have to come out swinging. They have to come out good. They have to come out lights out, you know, between the pitching and the hitting, they need to get off to a good start because you can't, start the season like they did two years ago. Like, what was it? Weren't they like 500 after a certain amount of time? Or weren't they like under 500? They were, I think it was like the 2018 under. season. And they were like under 500, I think, for the first two or three weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, they ended up winning, you know, 90-plus games, making the playoffs. But in a 162-game season, you're allowed to start off slow. In a 60-game season, you can't do that. You, you know, you go – you lose – you have a, a, a three-game losing streak, and that might be your season right there. You know what I mean? Or like a five-game losing streak, that might be it for you. So it's going to be very important for this Yankees team to, to get it right, especially an inter-squad, especially during the three exhibition games leading up into the season opener in Washington against the defending champs. And, you know, the, the defending champs, they're not going to really be at full force. You know, there's a couple of players on the Washington Nationals that have decided to opt out. And obviously, if you don't know, um, due to the coronavirus, the players were able, some players were able to opt out if they didn't want to play due to high risk. Um, if they were at a high risk, their family members were at high risk for the coronavirus. Um, so, you know, Ryan Zimmerman, Mr. National has decided to opt out of the 2020 season for the, um, for this, for this year. And, you know, that's a huge loss for the Nats and he's not the only player to do that. David Price has decided to opt out as well. Um, obviously he was traded to the Dodgers this past off season. So now Dodger nation will have to wait a full year to see him pitch for them. Um, and you know, there's been other players too. I'm pretty sure. I think Ian Desmond is one of those players. Um, no one from the Yankees have, has decided to opt out, but two players do have tested positive for coronavirus. Luis Sessa, obviously not a major role, not a major key player for this Yankees team, but DJ LeMahieu, um, he was tested, he got tested positive for coronavirus. So he had a quarantine for two weeks and he was asymptomatic. So I believe, I mean, you're the nurse, Nick, I believe that means you don't show symptoms, but you're a carrier of the, of the sickness. Is that correct? Yeah. So, I mean, that's scary. He, he was a carrier. So who knows who he infected? you know, leading up to his positive test. So now he's in self-quarantine. And DJ LeMahieu was arguably the MVP of the Yankees last year, arguably the MVP of the American League last year. He's a very important part of this team. So it's going to be crazy. What happens if we're in mid-August, Nick, and the, and the Yankees and the, and the Rays are like right neck and neck for the top of the, for the, top of the uh, AL East? What happens if like Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Gleyber Torres, what happens if they all, you know, one or all of them get tested positive to coronavirus? They're going to be, have, they're going to be out for two weeks. That's yeah. going to be a huge loss. You're out for two weeks. That's pretty much a quarter of the season. You know, it's going to be crazy. I'm yeah, telling you, once the season starts, 
once the season starts, Nick, there's going to be a lot more positive cases. So you might, you know, like that, that's just crazy to think about. Aaron Judge out two weeks because of coronavirus. That's a quarter of the season right there. Nuts. Garrett Cole missed like what, two or three starts? Yeah, man. Just, I'm telling you, at least the Yankees, they got a good look at uh, a lot of their minor league prospects last year. Cause I think a lot of teams are going to be shuffling out some uh, triple and double A players. Cause once you get playing, I got a strange feeling there's going to be a lot of positive testing going around. Yeah, and, and I all mean, the sports too. M- NBA, absolutely. NFL. Nope. It's, it's just going to happen. And they think that like playing in a bubble is going to, I mean, it helps, but just interacting in general, mm-hmm. using the same ball, p- passing back and forth. And, you know, the pitchers are always licking their fingers. You know, they're mm, you know, like the pitchers, for example. They're always licking their fingers. After the dugout, you know, they're chewing gum or like chewing seeds, which I think the seeds, I think, are banned for this year. I think I'm not 100% sure due to like COVID reasons. But like, you know, going back to your bubble thing, like the NBA, MLS, they're going to be playing in Disney World. So I understand that all the players and everyone's going to be in one, one spot. Um, NHL is going to have two hub cities. But like MLB, they're playing in their home stadiums. So like they're going to be coming and going, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't think they have like a bubble like the NBA has. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're the nurse, man. Do you think this is going to be, you think this is going to be like a major issue? Do you think the MLB season will be able to like, like continue if a lot of players get it? Do you think a lot of players are going to get it is basically what I'm, what I'm trying to ask you. Um, I mean, it all depends on like what they're doing on their spare time. Like if they're just going to play and then going home, I feel like they'll be all right. But I got a feeling that I mean, especially since they're not in a bubble and they're going to be doing their own thing in their own cities, traveling to these cities, I feel like it's going to be a higher percentage-wise as compared to other sports. Mm -hmm. I feel like NBA, since they're supposedly going to be contained within themselves, I feel like there's a a lesser chance of that happening. But I feel Mm -hmm. like in all the sports, there's going to be an increase of the spread, at least somewhat. I mean, yeah. I, I hope it won't be as bad. I don't think it will be anything too crazy, but I feel like there'll definitely be, especially when it starts, I feel like like the first like week or two, you might see like a little spike and mm-hmm. like people might get freaked out. But I feel like if they push through it a little bit and they keep it going, I feel like they'll be okay. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it, at the end of the day, like you said, it comes down to what the players do on their own time and their free time other than being at the stadium. You know, if they're being smart about it, washing their hands, keeping their hands out of their face and mouth, you know, quarantining when they're not playing baseball there should be no issue um but I, I think it's going to be scary man if if like you know all these players let's just say like you know each team you have like two to five players that get it throughout the course of the season you know like like what's going to happen are they is MLB going to shut it down are they going to try to force through it are they going to have to just play their minor leaguers you know, there's a lot of question marks that we don't have answers to um mm-hmm. but you know like that baseball is going to be the one sport that I think a lot of people are going to keep an eye on because like you said you know they're not in a bubble you know, they're not, you know, in two hub cities like the NHL, you know, NFL hasn't even started yet. So you can't even talk about them, but like MLB's doing their own thing. You know, they're going to be in home cities. They're going to be in their home ballparks. They obviously tried to limit the travel because they're only, the Yankees are only playing, you know, teams in their region, you know, like the, the 20 games against the NL East, 40 games against the AL East. So that's why, you know, they're not going to be good. They're not going to be going out to Cali. You know, they're not going to be going to, you know, St. Louis, you know, they're going to be in, the you know like the northeast area you know and you don't want to be going to cali right now <laughs> yeah or texas you really don't want to be going to, to those states nope. you really want to be going to florida but they're gonna to have to to play tampa and miami oh yeah yikes so Dang. we'll Forgot see what happens with that florida in the ale so it makes no sense to me but <laughs> i'll let um, them do their thing but yeah man i mean 
I'm pretty sure MLB passed uh, this rule or like they said, like um, if a player does test positive for COVID, they don't have to release that information to the public unless the player approves it. So like um, when I saw the tweet about DJ LeMahieu and Luis Sessa, they, uh, they were like in the tweet, it was like, yeah, they, they approved, they let this become public knowledge. So um, there's going to be cases like I know on the Mets, I think there was like two coaches, I think that they w- they didn't show up to, to camp that day. And in the tweet, it was like, um, yeah, the reason is unknown, but you could pretty much like guess why, because they probably didn't want it to become public knowledge. But like either way, like when they say stuff like that, you're going to know it. If they're not showing up, if they're not playing, if they go in the IL for undisclosed reasons, you know, it's going to be because of COVID and they just didn't want it to be public knowledge, you know? Right. But it's going to be scary, man, with all these players opting out. Like Mike Trout, like he just said a couple of days ago, like he doesn't even know what he's doing. Like he's been showing up, he's been practicing and everything, but I'm pretty sure he's expecting a child to his first kid. So like what happens if his kid, um, you know, his, his wife gives birth, you know, is he going to have to self quarantine for two weeks if he goes to the hospital, you know, to see his baby? Cause he's going to be interacting with other people. He's going to be interacting with doctors and nurses and, and, and the hospital staff who's probably been interacting with COVID patients. So like, it's going to be crazy. And he's even said, he's like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. So like, what happens if the best player in baseball opts out and decides not to play, you know, it's going to, baseball's going to take a huge hit, especially mm-hmm. if, if a lot more stars follow suit. I guess it's just uh, waiting to. I feel like, like if players, like big time players, like Trout, Price, Price, Bryce Harper, <laughs> there, David Price, he could sit out. I don't think anyone's worried about that guy. <laughs> but Judge, I feel like for this season, uh, actually, be relevant to the point and people actually caring about it and it being compelling. I feel like you need like the major stars to be there. Like imagine like the NBA season, you have LeBron, Giannis, and all these other players opting out. I feel like then it just kind of makes it just a grab bag of like the cash grab. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if you're playing this season, it's already 60 games and now you're not going to have the team's major players there. Like people are going to look at it like they should be looking at the, the Astros world series ship. <laughs> uh, that's that's a story for another day. Yeah. I feel like I mean, can you crown a World Series champion after 60 games and half the team's best players not being there if every if the major players do opt out? I mean, it's it's a strange situation, man. I mean, it's strange all around because, you know, like we said in the beginning, this we could have like an Orioles Marlins World Series and are we going to look at that like how are the ratings you think going to be for that? You know what I mean? Like obviously there's a very <laughs> slim chance of that happening, but in the 60 game season anything could happen. So I mean, I think there'll definitely be some sort of like, there's definitely going to be people out there that look at this season, look at this champion, this future champion as like an asterisk season. Like, oh, well, it was the COVID year. Oh, well, they only played 60 games. And, oh, you know, the team that won wouldn't have made the playoffs if it was 162 games because they haven't made the playoffs in X amount of years. So, I mean, there's always going to be people like that. But the at the end of the day, you know, in years past when there was shortened seasons or, you know, like there was – always a reason for an for an asterisk to go next to the champion you always look back and be like oh well that was you know the COVID year that was this year that was that year and at the end of the day it's a champion champion's a champion everyone played 60 games and the team that ended up winning just played 60 games better than everybody else plus the playoffs so you know it, it is going to be weird it is going to get some it's going to be like you know you have to get used to it and stuff like that but you know 30 40 years down the line let's just say the white Sox win the world series right 30 Damn. 40 years down the line you're going to look back and be like oh the white Sox won the world series in 2020 
you know, it was the COVID year, but hey, you know, they won the World Series. <laughs> I'm not counting them. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, if the White Sox win, nah, this season didn't count. <laughs> oh, man, but you, you know what I'm talking, you know what I mean. But I mean, it's going to be weird. What do you think, though? Are you going to, like, wh- what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are, if the Yankees win, that's number 28, baby. If they <laughs> don't win, this season was trash. It don't count. Yeah, it doesn't count, I'm right? I'm a homer. I'm a Yankees <laughs> homer. Oh, man. Um, yeah, but let's, let's talk about some of the health now. Let's talk about some of the players, you know, uh, Aaron Hicks was coming back from Tommy John surgery. And, and, you know, if, you know, if he stays healthy going into opening day, he would be the first player, I think in LB history to not miss one game after undergoing Tommy John surgery. So, um, hero. yeah, um, Aaron judge, he said after the simulated game last night, he goes, quote, I'm game ready. So yeah, okay. we'll see. I mean, he was another guy who just like the medical, medical staff just like failed him, you know, like he dove for a you. ball. Yeah. I mean, he dove for a ball in September, you know, he had a collapsed lung and we just found out about that in like March. Like how didn't, how did they not know that he had a collapsed lung? Like, I mean, you're in the medical field and like, how is that even possible? Like, how did they not know that? Like it was like, Oh, it was a cracked rib or a fractured rib. Oh, it was this. Oh, it was that. And it turns out he had a collapsed lung and that wasn't treated. And like this dude was working out in the off season. How did he not know that something was bothering him? in his chest I mean you know I have a little you know like when I'm at the gym if something's bothering me like I have, a, I have a bum shoulder you know when I'm trying to do shoulder workouts at the gym you know it's hurting me I can't I can't lift as heavy as I normally do because you know that motion hurts you know like how did he not know that something was still bothering him to the point where you know like he should have said like you know I'm gonna go to the Yankees medical staff and be like look guys like I don't think what you told me was right I think I got something serious going on how does that not happen how does that how does that not like how does he not realize that how does the Yankees medical staff not you know how do they drop the ball so bad that they misdiagnose him time and time again and five four months four or five months in the future is they're finally like oh it was actually a collapsed lung like how's that possible man yeah it kind of blows my mind when you have these billion dollar teams that their main priority their main income income their main money making i don't know what i'm trying to say their main way they make money is to the players there we go we did it and so you have these players you're trying to protect them you hire all these the best medical staff in the world supposedly and i don't know how it takes so long to discover you have a collapsed lung like i don't know if you're aaron judge i don't know how you don't like wave someone down to like hey guys like i can't breathe <laughs> like that is working out with a collapsed lung how's that possible i don't I don't know if there was a, how can he work out with a collapsed lung? It had to be like a partial or like they discovered it maybe their however long ago that it, it kind of looked like this. Maybe that's what was <laughs> going on. I don't know how you go about your daily life with a, with a collapsed lung and you're just sitting there, you know, not like Treating on it. the floor, like dying for breath. Like, I, I don't know, man. Maybe even Aaron like, Judge doesn't only needs one lung. Like, you don't I, need one maybe. kidney. Maybe he only needs one lung. <laughs> and like, even with the Severino thing, man, with the, you know, he was throwing and the playoffs complaining about pain in his elbow when he throws mm-hmm. his change up. He, he goes all off season, totally fine. Comes back in spring training. His elbow's still bothering him. He gets the MRI without the dye in it. For some reason, I mean, my dad had shoulder surgery and they, they like when he went to get his MRI, the first option was to put the dye in his arm. So like, I don't know if you're a professional athlete, I don't know why you wouldn't want to put the dye in your arm because right, doesn't the dye help you see better in the MRIs? Yeah, the dye just makes it's you're able to see the picture clearer, clear. Yeah, but I mean, so. the only reason you wouldn't give the dye is because 
you're worried because with the dye, you have to get it out of your body. It gets out of your body through your kidneys. So, mm -hmm. and like, doesn't it also about, like, doesn't aren't you also like sore the next day in that spot? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like just adding extra stuff. That there were the whole thinking is if you don't need it, don't do it. But I mean, I mean, this guy's a professional, professional athlete, athlete and. <laughs> Your the way you make money is by using that arm. I I I, I mean I would use the uh, Yeah, I mean you would to, you would think it's common sense that you know we're investing you know all this money into this player. You know he's looked at as a future ace of the staff. You would think like maybe we should put a little more effort into this and actually use the die. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I mean health's going to be a big concern this year, man. We kept talking. We were talking about this early. We, you know this is the main thing. They need to stay healthy. Um, health is one of the most important things in a sixty game season. So. You know, if they're not healthy, I don't think it's going to be a good year for them. You know, like I keep saying, depth only takes you so far in 162 games. The Yankees were fortunate last year that they were able to stay afloat, you know, win. Would they win like 100-something games last year or like 90-something games last year? Ah, they were over 100. I want to say, wasn't it like 103? Might have been like 101, something like that. Oh, 101. Barely, yeah, maybe. I don't remember. But like, regardless, they won 98-plus 90, games last year with 30 different people in the IL. Like, that, that's not going to happen every year. You can't rely on that every year, and especially in a 60-game season. Um, so now let's kind of talk about who the most important players for the Yankees this season, like is, who do you think it is? Like, uh, like, do you think Garrett Cole? Do you think judge? Like for me, obviously Cole is, is very important for this Yankees team. He's obviously done a lot for this team so far. You know, everyone's talking about his leadership, um, the way he commands a room, um, the way he's helping out everybody, you know, he's like the CC Sabathia back in 09 when the Yankees brought in CC, he was like, you know, the alpha in the room. Garrett Cole is now the alpha in the room. So um, he's obviously very important, but unfortunately for him, he's only effective on the, you know, once every fifth day, especially only on the defensive end of the ball. So for me, Nick, I think the most important player this year for the Yankees, you know, health-wise, his play-wise, I think it's Gleyber Torres. You know, he's going to be going from playing predominantly second base last year. He's going to be moving over to shortstop full-time now that Didi's on the Phillies. Um, so, you know, he's had some struggles at shortstop. You know, he's been dealing with some errors at shortstop dating back, you know, a couple of years. Um, he obviously played better at second base last year, but he also played more games at second base. And he's naturally a shortstop. That's what he was brought here to be, a shortstop. And he was always looked at as, you know, the replacement for Didi. Didi was never looked at as like the long-term shortstop. So um, defensively, he's very important. And offensively, he's probably the most important bat on this Yankees team. You know, you, people might say, what about Judge? What about Stan? What about Sanchez? You know, those guys... They're, they're a home run or nothing type of hitter sometimes. And, you know, Judge, unfortunately, gets lumped into that category. I mean, he's a better overall hitter than Stan, than, than, than Gary Sanchez. But, you know, Glaber, for me, I think is the most important guy. He could hit for, a, a, you know, high 280s, you know, could crank out 40-plus home runs, 100-plus RBIs. Um, he's a guy that needs to stay healthy for the entire season, you know, full 60 games and playoffs for this, if this Yankees team wants to be where they want to be come October. You know, Garrett Cole's important, but – when you're looking at both sides of the baseball, I think it's Glaber Torres. I'm going to come out of left field with this one, not literally, but you're not, you're going to be like, huh? So the most important player I think this season is Gary Sanchez. Cause this guy, you have a dude behind the plate who for the last two, three years can't catch kind of mind blowing. Mm -hmm. I've never seen so many, like if he if some of the plays that he's done behind the plate happened at little league they would get pulled so quick <laughs> are you talking about like pass balls and all that yeah like and he got like it's just mind mind-boggling 
and like the, the ball would hit him in the glove and he just drops it. I'm like, how is that possible? <laughs> how, how is that possible? Yeah. So you have this dude, if you have, and there's so many times where they're like, no, we can't let him go. His hitting, his hitting, his hitting. And last year he bats like what, like 180? That was two um, years ago. He hit like 180. Last year he, <laughs> yeah. had a, he, had a, he had a good, better season last year, more of his normal numbers. But like, yeah, two years ago, he hit a buck 80. I'm like, come on, what is that? So yeah, it was mean, awful that year. You got to have a guy that's behind the catch, especially where in a year where there's only 60 games and you have the p- pitching. Everyone always talks about how our pitching has been that great. We've been holding up, but I feel like a lot of times, like we let people back in the games by they advance, they're on first. And at the course of a couple pitches, a couple at bats, this dude's at, at third already and no one even hit the ball. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's this guy not striking out and this guy hitting the ball, making contact, driving runs in like he is or what he's supposed to be doing as the – what is he – what do they have him at? Usually like the fourth, fifth? Uh, I think I think he's going to be like a fifth, sixth hitter this year. All right. So Especially still, if DJ needs, comes back from COVID. Still, he still needs to be able to hit the ball, driving runs, and protect the plate, not let pass balls get by him. Because if yeah. that happens, hey, look at that. We're in a lot better shape defensively. We're a lot better shape offensively. No, and Nick, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, in a 60-game season, every run counts. And they don't have Austin Romine backing him up this year. You know, it's going to be Kyle Higashioka. Um, Austin Romine signed as a free agent with the Tigers. The, the Yankees looked at Higashioka as a capable backup. Um, and I thought they would go after Malinado, being, you know, Garrett Cole's, like, personal catcher almost with Houston. But they decided to go with, with Kyle Higashioka. And, you know, they brought in a new catching coach. And, you know, yesterday – um, in, in yesterday's game, sim game, you know, Kyle Higashioka looked great behind the plate, you know, framing pitches, you know, looking great, stole a couple of strikes um, for uh, Clark Schmidt yesterday, he was able to steal a few for their whoever was whoever was calling balls and strikes for them. But I mean, we got to see how Gary Sanchez looks, you know, I mean, the Yankee games on right now with, with Gary behind the plate catching Garrett Cole and, and obviously I'm not able to like watch it fully because we're doing the show right now, but like. You know, we got to see this. This guy's got to catch balls. And I'm, I will never forgive Gary Sanchez. Until the Yankees win a, another World Series with Sanchez on the roster, I will never forgive him for the 2017 World Series. Like, I mean, 2017 um, ALCS, excuse me. I mean, they lost that series. I mean, yeah, you could, blame, you could blame this guy. You could blame that guy. Blame the offense. Blame we didn't have the pitching. Blah, blah, blah. Lim Cashman. But, you know, that one play, man. I forgot who hit the ball, but, but Altuve was either on first or second. The ball was hit out into, like, right center field. Everything was beautiful. Judge's relay to Didi Gregorius. Gregorius throwing to home. Everything looked great. The throws are spot on. And what happens? Um, Altuve's rounding third. He's like 20, 30 feet away from home. And Sanchez just completely whiffed and, and, and botched that throw. Botched that catch, excuse me. And what happens? Altuve ends up scoring. And, and, you know, we obviously know what happens after that. They lose the game, lose the series. And, you know, I, I blame that, that year, that loss, that loss, you know, season i blame that one on gary sanchez for dropping that ball and you might be thinking i'm being too harsh on him but no you, you got to catch the ball you're a catcher your position is literally called the catcher you're <laughs> supposed to catch so i mean i think this season we got to see a big big improvement defensively from gary do you remember when he came up in 2016 nick that like i think he came up in, in august and he was crank like cracking home runs left and right you know hitting bombs um they were talking as this guy is like you know the best catcher of all time in MLB and do you remember how how like how hyped up people were were, were making him about his arm how he had a fantastic arm throwing out mm-hmm. batters you know these nonchalant throws on his knees throwing people out like we we haven't seen that Gary Sanchez since 2016 that that August of 2016 
we really haven't seen that. When was the last time, you know, social media, like MLB social media accounts, you know, glove work. I think they're called glove work, but like MLB. How, when was the last time they were hyping up his arm, like his defense? Not since that, that half year. And then, you know, obviously he follows that up with 2017 where he dropped the ball in the playoffs and most important play. And then he follows that up batting 180. And last year he had a pretty good year, but, you know, defensively he still wasn't, he still wasn't an elite catcher last year. And, you know, now he needs to take the step of, of being an elite catcher. And until he does that, he's not going to earn the respect from a lot of Yankee fans. I'm sorry to say, you know, I think a lot of Yankee fans are like you and me. Like, they're just like, dude, like you, you have all the potential in the world to be arguably the best catcher in MLB history, but you got to start catching. Like you're, you're not, you're not called the hitter. You know, you're not just a hitter. You're not a DH. You're a catcher. You are supposed to catch. So like, hopefully the new catching, the new uh, catcher's coach is really able to help him improve. I know he was working on that new stance that like the twins, I think he came from Minnesota, the catching coach. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they have that new stance where you're down on one knee and you like, you keep the glove on the ground and then you bring it up last second to try to steal a strike. So the umpire doesn't see your glove there. And like, just assume that just because you moved your glove, it wasn't in the strike zone. So he's trying to work on new things. Hopefully it works out for him this year because I mean, this dude could be elite and they just drafted a big lefty power catcher in this past, you know, this past draft, their first overall, their first pick in the first round was a, a lefty catcher. So, I mean, that guy has two options. He's either a going to be Gary Sanchez's replacement when they give long-term deals to judge and and Sant and uh, excuse me, Glaber. And, you know, they're obviously going to have Stanton on the books and, and Cole on the books. So if, if someone's not going to come back out of that, you know, if someone's not going to get a long-term deal from that, it might be Gary Sanchez. So they have two routes, this new guy um, blanking on his name, but um, he's either going to be Sanchez's replacement or he's going to be the Yankees future long-term first baseman. It's going to be one or the other. So we'll see what happens. I think this year Sanchez really needs to show, especially now. I think the pressure's on now that they drafted that kid. I think the pressure's on for him to show that, you know, he is a catcher. He's not just a DH, you know, and they can't even use him at DH because they have Stanton and they have, <laughs> they have Miguel and Duhar who, you know, who they need to keep on this roster because he can hit. He just hit an opposite field home run off of Garrett Cole in tonight's sim game. But, um, you know, this guy can hit, so they, they got to keep him. So, I mean, DH is kind of clogged. And, you know, Aaron Judge could use some reps at DH too since he's kind of made a glass as well. Mm, the New York DH is my favorite. <laughs> Why do we have these – always have these brolic dudes – only strikeout. I need no strikeouts. I need 60 games. I'll give them one strikeout a game. That's it. Yeah. 60 strikeouts total. That's all we could do. Yeah. Oh, man. And, you know, like, when we go into the season, Nick, it, it's going to be so weird, man. Like, like what are these starters going to be pitching? Because, you know, remember last year, uh, I'm pretty sure we've had these conversations of how, like, you know, all of a sudden four innings pitch from a starter is like a quality start. Oh my! Oh my! Pitcher, like for example, like Severino in the playoffs, like yeah, he 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 worked through four innings last year, but like at Paxton, like oh my God, they went four innings, they went three three and three and two thirds innings. What a great performance by our starter! Let's hand it off <laughs> to the bullpen for the rest of the game. Like, I like I think we're going to be seeing some starters that if they go five innings, especially in the first couple of weeks of the sixty game season after being off for four months. I think we're going to see a lot of these starters only going like four or five innings max, and then they're going to hand it over to the bullpen for the remainder of the game. Like it's like, like I truly don't, I think Garrett Cole in game one, I think they're going to try to aim for like, you know, 10 to 15, 20 pitches max per inning and get him out by like the fifth inning and hand it over to the bullpen, at least for his first two or three starts just to get some, you know, get some mileage on, on, on his arm, get, get his arm used to like throwing every fifth day. Cause you know, I think one of the major things here, Nick, and I mean, you could speak for, for yourself being in the medical field. I think injuries in all the sports league, you know, football when, well, if, 
I mean, regardless, not, not including football, because they're technically still in off-season mode. But, you know, like NBA, NHL, MLS, um, MLB, I think injuries are going to be at an all-time high for these players. You know, some players, not everybody stayed in shape during quarantine, you know? Like, not everyone is a Luke Voigt who lost, I think he lost, like, almost 13 or 14 pounds in quarantine. You know, Chapman lost, like, 10 pounds. Like, I don't think, you know, not everyone was in great shape. You know, Pablo Sandoval, he looked like an Oompa Loompa. I saw that. You that saw that picture of him just standing there yeah. at third base. Like, he looked large. <laughs> and, like, I think there's going to there's gonna be a lot of players that are not in shape. So, I think he injuries are going to be at an all-time high. That's wild. He looked large. Nah, I think <laughs> – I feel I was going to kind of be devil's advocate and feel like now is the time to be fresh. I feel like there'll be less injuries, but you're right. After seeing people like Pablo Sandoval, I feel like a lot more people are going to come out their house looking like that. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, not every professional athlete has their own home gym. I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of expensive equipment. They have their own throwing programs and stuff like that. I totally get that. But I mean, you know, how do we know they weren't sitting playing uh, playing Fortnite, you know, on Twitch for 13 hours a day? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm, there's a ton, I'm telling you, there's a lot of little kids out there that was playing Fortnite every day, all day during the quarantine. I'm sure the adults were the same way. I mean, I know I played it every now and then. I mean, I wasn't like on my PlayStation 24 seven, you know, I still went for bike rides, try to stay active, you know, worked out with resistance bands, what did what I can do. But like, I'm sure there was a lot of people out there, especially, you know, some of these players that have money in the bank, you know, and, and like, the players that don't need to prove themselves, players that have security, have contract security, long-term security, you know, they're probably like, you know what, I'm going to chill. You know, this is the time I can spend time with my family, you know, do things I wouldn't normally be able to do. And maybe they put, you know, their health, you know, a little behind them. You know, they put it, they put, you know, spending family time in the for, on the forefront. I'm not saying that, that that's wrong or anything, but, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of players that are not going to be in the best of shape. And it's going to take them a few weeks to get into game shape and get game ready. And we're going to, I don't think, like, I think the, the product itself is going to be fun watching like the race and everything with all these teams, you know, trying to, trying to make the playoffs, you know, everyone is in it. But I, I also think at the same time, there's going to be a lot of, you know, bad baseball, you know, bad basketball, bad hockey as well. Cause these players are just might not be in the best of shape, especially hockey when you're, you know, skating up and down, you know, basketball running back and forth. So we'll see what happens, man. We'll see. I got a feeling we're going to see a lot of sloppiness and a lot of rustiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm all for I'm all for the the sports bloopers and Shaq yeah. and a fools. Put me in there. <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, man. So what's your? We'll, we'll end this off with a with a quick Yankees prediction. What do you think? You think they're winning the AL East, or you think they're uh, might be a wild card team this year? Might not even make the playoffs. What do you think? I mean, the Rays are good. Should, man. They should win the AL East and make a serious run. What I think they'll do is I feel like they're gonna quack. They're gonna struggle a little bit, and I feel like they'll make it in, but like just barely they'll barely squeeze in somehow i they have all the potential in the world but knowing what's been going on the last couple of years and what kind of team they are i feel like they're just gonna make everyone sweat but i feel like they'll make it in somehow some way yeah i think they definitely will make the playoffs you know unless they they suffer all these injuries like last year if they're able to stay healthy um, I think they have a good chance of winning winning the AL East, but I, I do think it's going to be tight. It's going to be a tight race between them and the Rays for the for the AL East crown. I mean, the Rays are good. The oh, Yankees damn. have struggled playing them in general. They struggled playing them in, in Tampa Bay. So I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be one of those things where like there's no clear cut AL East champion up until like the last you know three four games of the season. So August is going to be tough for them. And I think I, like I said in the beginning, I think that's going to be their make or break month. You know, I mean, obviously there's only two months of baseball really, but it's going to be a tough couple of weeks, man. 
And uh, I think they should make the playoffs. They should make a serious run at the title if they're all healthy. But, you know, in a 60-game season, I think the Rays are going to be right there, man. I think it's going to be tough. I really do. I think it's going to be tough. Now, they should definitely make it somehow, whether it's wild card or, or you know, winning the division. But uh, it is going to be tough. I will you leave it at that. Rays hat on? <laughs> nah, nah. Is it ready? Nah, not yet. A couple different hats back there. I'm looking <laughs> for the Rays hat. Yeah, we got the Knicks. Uh, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, uh, yeah, Brooklyn Dodgers, LA Dodgers, and Yankees, and then I got my Mars Dodgers right there. I, I mean, I love LA. Like, I love the city. I like being over there. I, I was only there once, but like, I fell in love with the city. So, here we go. I had to buy a hat. I was, I was in LA. Here we go. <laughs> and I got my Judge Bro. jersey right here, ready to Glass go. Glass Joe, Glass <laughs> Judge. Oh man. But uh, thank you guys all for watching. Thank you guys all for listening on wherever you're listening to your podcasts. Um, this will be available anywhere you get you listen to podcasts, whether it's Anchor, Apple Music, oh, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you stream podcasts, we should be available. Um, let us know in the comments section, you know, tweet us, uh, tweet us on, on Twitter. There we go. <laughs> DM us on Instagram yeah. if, if we're not available on a platform of your liking or the platform that you usually listen on. Um, obviously, we're going to be on YouTube. So please subscribe and like our video. Um, and also, I just want to end this off real quick. So a um, little free pub, uh, publicity. So my dad actually wrote a book um, about his uncle, Vinny, who served in the, in the Vietnam War, um, passed away at 19 years old. Um, he wrote a book. It's called um, A Saint's Letters from the Depths of Hell. Um, it's available on Amazon. It's available. Um, it will, it's pretty much available in Barnes and Noble. It's pretty much available everywhere. Um, it's not on audiobooks yet, um, but if you're interested in purchasing a copy, and again, it's about pretty much about letters that his uncle wrote to my grandma, his sister, my dad's mom. <laughs> it's basically based on letters that were written from um, Vinny right here, sent to Lily, my grandma, um, and the rest is. I guess history, you could say. It's a great book. Um, I started reading it um, today, actually. Uh, and I, there's been a lot of positive reviews. So I'm going to put the link where you could purchase that book in the, in the I guess, description down below. Um, but if, you, if you're listening on, you know, if you're listening to our podcast, the website where you could purchase the book, find out more information, learn more about Vinny, um, you can visit ralphvincentmorales.com. So again, that's ralphvincentmorales.com. The link will be down below in our, on our YouTube video. Um, so yeah, don't forget to follow us on social media. Give us a like, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, so thank you all for listening, man. This is Eminem Sports Talk Podcast. Hopefully the Yankees could stay healthy. Nick, you know, good luck at work, stay healthy. Um, you know, thank you again for working on the front lines during all this drama and all this uh, COVID situ all this COVID stuff. So thank you very much. Do it for Ralph. <laughs> yeah. My guy right there. Well. This is Eminent Sports Talk Podcast. Mark Morales, that's Nick Rivera. We're signing off. By the book.